Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. Stand up for your country road trip. President Biden up in New Hampshire, North Woodstock. Not exactly a uh, urban uh, splendor place out in uh, beautiful, beautiful. New Hampshire is a beautiful state. Anyways, up there uh, to promote the bipartisan infrastructure law that he just signed. But you would say, why does a president have to go and do this? It's not really necessary, is it? And it isn't. However, the Biden administration understands the president's in trouble. And this is, this trip is an effort to do two things. Make him look robust and try to reverse some of the bad polling numbers. And in New Hampshire, they're bad. So you'll see more of this targeted coming in, I'm president, I'm in charge, uh, don't believe the inflation stats or whatever it may be. So that's why he is doing it. Uh, The Rasmussen Daily tracking poll, 41% approve of the job Joe Biden is doing, 57% disapprove. But here is a more important number. Rasmussen poll again, Democrats 38 Republicans, 36. So it's a, you know, evenly designed poll. The question is, is the country heading in the right direction? Okay, so 33% say yes. Who are these people? Who thinks things are going well? Um, I wrote a column yesterday called the Titanic people. I hope you read it. It's posted on BillOReilly.com. That explains who they are. But more importantly, 64% of the American people say the nation is headed down the wrong track. Now, one year ago, when Donald Trump was still president, that number was 56%. And some of that disenchantment was Trump losing. Okay? So that is the key number, that President Biden has lost the confidence of most voters. And one of the reasons is that his administration is not explaining the difficulties it is facing, it's avoiding them. And here's a great example. So Jen Psaki, the White House spokesperson, gives a briefing every day. Yesterday, here's what happened. Roll the tape. On the state of America right now, inflation obviously at a 31-year high right now. Americans are seeing their dollars, their paychecks. Uh, stretched right now. Why should Americans not be concerned that injecting another $1.75 trillion or more would further raise inflation? Because no economist out there is projecting that this will have a negative impact on inflation. Uh, And actually, what it will help do is it will help increase economic productivity. uh, It will help uh, economic growth in this country. Uh, That and the Build Back Better agenda will help reduce inflation, will help cut costs for the American people over the long term. Okay, I don't know of any economist saying that the increased government spending, whether it be the infrastructure bill or the Build Back Better, is going to decrease inflation. And we looked. We can't find any, not one. In fact, Jason Furman, professor of economic policy at Harvard, says 3% inflation next year. Now, your wages are not going to grow 3% next year. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, The labor shortage is so intense, it might. But people 
are going to be under siege as far as buying the things they need. But when Misaki says, oh, no, all of this is going to bring inflation down, that's what they call propaganda. Now, maybe she'll be right, but the odds are she won't be, and she can't back it up with a name. I mean, maybe some guy they have working for them in Washington, but I don't know. So last night, uh, there was a conversation between President Biden and President Xi of China. It was virtual. It lasted three and a half hours with a break in between. It featured three main topics, human rights, climate change, Taiwan. All right. So she actually threatened Biden, saying, quote, the USA would be playing with fire, unquote, if it encouraged Taiwan to seek independence, which is not what the USA is doing, but playing with fire is a threat. So that was an interesting exchange. Now, how these things work is they sit down, they got big screens and their advisors are all around and they chat. But after 20 minutes, the transcripts stop. Okay, they give you a little flavor and then boom, they're out of there. Constructive, I mean, you got to engage uh, Russia and China. You have to. Even if you don't like them, you can't just be pricking them like this because that's bad for everybody. So I've been trying to get this next guest on for a while. He's a very busy guy, but he is the best expert, in my opinion, on China in the United States of America. However, I might be a little prejudiced because he was the dean at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government when I matriculated there. I think that's what I did there, Dean. Didn't I matriculate there? You did, but you also graduated, yes. <laughs> I know. I, I, gradu- I think you guys really rue the day you Matriculates coming in and graduates going out, yeah. You rue the day you accepted me, though. Um, Not at all. So uh, the dean wrote a book, which I read, called Destined for War. It's out in 2017, but certainly uh, worth ordering on Amazon. And he knows without prejudice, which means he's not coming at it from a left-wing or a right-wing point of view, he knows the danger that China poses. So up front, Dean, how intense is that danger right now? Well, three or four points, and then uh, first, If there were a war, a full-scale war between the U.S. and China, we could each be destroyed. All of Cambridge, all of New York, all of D.C. So we living with a China like we learned to live with the Soviet Union, where Ronald Reagan rightly said, a nuclear war cannot be won uh, and therefore must never be fought. So that's point one. Point two, Taiwan, from the perspective of China, is a inseparable part of China. Uh, There are things for which nations will go to war if required. When the South tried to declare independence from the US, uh, the country, Washington went to war with the Southern states. China believes Taiwan is an integral part of China. China has a no succession law. So if Taiwan were to take an unalterable, unambiguous step, that made it independent, I think it's almost certain that China would go to war to prevent that happening. Three, if the US came to the defense of Taiwan today, 
given the military balance of power in the region that's developed in the last 20 years, in, in that conflict over Taiwan, we would likely lose. So that's all very ugly. Uh, the good news is that China still remains co committed to, a, to, the, to the peaceful reunification, they call it, and they have a lot of other things on their agenda. So I don't think it's likely that China moves out of the blue to take military action against Taiwan anytime soon, but I can certainly imagine some event or incident or accident, maybe some provocative uh, action, extremely provocative by Taiwan, that she would feel like he had to respond to, and that could ultimately lead to a war between the US and China. All right, I don't think that uh, Taipei is gonna do that. I've been there. Um, they just wanna be left alone to make money. And okay. they know that if they saber rattle toward Beijing, it ain't gonna work for them. Now, there is a difference- That's good news. That's good right. news, yes. And, and, and I believe that holds. Now, there is a big difference between the presentations of Donald Trump and of Joe Biden. My opinion, I could be wrong, is that Biden is perceived to be much weaker than Mr. Trump by Putin and by Xi. What do you think? Well, it's a good question. Uh, and I think, uh, of, I think both Xi and Putin believed that Trump was not going to get in a war if he could conceivably avoid it. Uh, I remember a Chinese colleague once saying to me, Trump is the most trigger shy president that the US has seen in recent years. So while Trump had a lot of uh, bluster in his uh, on, uh, threats, uh, when you look at the instances he had an opportunity to attack or not to attack, he mainly decided not. So there's a there's a question mark there. On, on Biden, <clears throat> again, Biden has made very clear that he's interested in trying to rebuild America, not to engage in foreign uh, adventures, and that very dramatically in Afghanistan. So I would agree that as Putin and Xi assess the situation, they would think he would also be extremely reluctant to go to war over Latvia if it was in, or Ukraine for Russia, or even over Taiwan. And I think what both of them assess is that correctly, in my view, that the American public is tired of endless, windless wars and has a lot to do here at home. So I think, again, unfortunately, that makes it more dangerous in that they may think they can do things that right. they could get away with. Yeah, and the different, the I think they may was, miss the fact that the U.S. ends up responding in ways that would surprise them. Yeah. The difference with Trump and, uh, and uh, Biden is that Trump took stuff personally. And he, yeah. he would say, I'm not going to let this happen on my watch. So they knew that. Uh, and that'll be, I, I don't know whether you know it or not, but I'm doing four history shows with former President Trump in December. Oh. And that is going to be uh, one of the, you know, I'm going to try to get across to the mass of audiences in the arenas where we are, that even though he didn't, and you're absolutely correct, he did not want Trump, any of this conflict. If you crossed him, you were in trouble. Now, this global warming thing is huge in America in the age of political correctness and all that. 
I think it's a big con because I don't think China has any interest in fighting climate change at all. Am I wrong? Well, uh, again, if, if, if you're doing it in completely uh, one-liners, you're closer to right than wrong, I'm afraid, in my personal view. I think the uh, reality is that China is put more greenhouse gases into the air than the any decline in U.S. or European emissions that have occurred since we started talking about having limits on, on, uh, on emissions. The reason why is that emissions are essentially a function of economic growth. China is the fastest growing big economy in the world. China has installed three times as much green energy production as the U.S. in the period since the, the first the uh, you know, the first uh, Paris Accord, but it's also using more energy than anybody else. So as a result, it produces about twice as much greenhouse gases as the U.S. And if you take a person like uh, Xi and you ask him, well, would you rather uh, burn coal uh, that'll produce emissions or have your citizens be cold in the winter? He says, wait a minute, that's not a hard choice for himself. So China is trying to build and burn all the hydrocarbons it can. And actually finds it interesting that the US is withholding or discouraging production of hydrocarbons, oil and gas and coal, uh, uh, and then not quite noticing that the price of the, all these items go up. They, so they I notice, the but they- Ricardo it, says- Yeah, it's uh, a matter of political will. So China's economy yeah. is ascending the United States economy, uh, if it continues along attack, the fossil fuel industry will get hurt. But the logical point is, if India and China are not going to cooperate in tamping down emissions, no matter what Europe and the USA do, it's not going to matter. Am hey, I wrong? It's a, it's a point. No, the point that most people don't get. So we're, it's, we're all like we were all in one bathtub. And excuse for my analogy, but suppose, uh, you know, you're trying to res restrain your uh, uh, whatever, uh, uh, leaking of uh, urine and manage to do so for the most part, but I continue to pee in the bathtub. We're all in the same bathtub, so it doesn't make any difference. We live in an enclosed biosphere. So if China continues emitting greenhouse gases on its current trajectory and the U.S. goes to zero, you only extend by a few years the point at which you reach the threshold that people say would create a 1.5 C uh, increase in uh, in the you know heat of the yeah, climate. Temperature. I'm not right. sure even about all those calculations, but the logic of your point is exactly right. That this is a situation where I've described it as almost as if we were inseparable conjoined Siamese twins, in which if one of the party just by itself can make the thing impossible. So unless we can find a way to do this cooperatively. I don't know how you find that way no because start. the Chinese, as you just put it, the China, she doesn't have any interest in this at all. Final question. What the Chinese did to Hong Kong was totally unnecessary, in my opinion. All right, and correct me if I'm wrong. Hong Kong was functioning as a vibrant democracy, a center of capitalism. They brought a lot of currency into China when the two um, basically 
collaborated. China, for no reason at all, went in to try to squelch the freedom that Hong Kong had. And that sends a message to me like, these people are fanatics. I mean, they don't care about human rights. They don't care about freedom. They don't care about anything but money and power. And that's disturbing. Is there another aspect to this that I'm missing? Well, I think, uh, I mean, I thought that letting the Hong Kong experiment run, which some Chinese described as uh, democracy or capitalism with Chinese characteristics was a good idea. Hong Kong is one of the miracles of the world the last 20 years, a vibrant, lively, a fascinating uh, 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 city-state. It was also uh, uh, seeing a number of uh, a number of the some five percent, maybe two percent of the population, wanting greater political rights, including democratization and even independence from China. Uh, China made it clear from its perspective: Hong Kong is part of China. Hong Kong is going to live under China rules, and they believe. They can uh, control China, sorry, control Hong Kong, govern it under China rules, and keep it uh, vibrant economically. That's going to be the test. But so far, so far, it looks like they may win this game. Yeah, but no democracy in China. You better not open your mouth. You wind no. up in uh, some gulag someplace. Hey, exactly. Dean, we really appreciate it. Uh, say hello to maybe my six fans in uh Cambridge. <laughs> exactly. And we'll look forward to seeing you in Cambridge sometime. Good. Listen, I'll come on up and we'll uh, we'll cause some trouble. And we really appreciate you coming on tonight. All right, that's uh, Graham you. Allison, who knows more about China than anybody. OK, Wyoming. We'll go from China to Wyoming. So I predicted that Liz Cheney is not going to be reelected as the uh, representative. There's only one in Wyoming, least populated state. Um, she, of course, Republican conservative. So the uh, Republican Party in Wyoming is no longer recognizing uh, Ms. Cheney as a member of the GOP. Now, that doesn't mean anything. She can still run on the Republican ticket. It's symbolic. But there's just no way. And I'll tell you why. Liz Cheney is a smart woman and she is a conservative. But she hated Trump so much that she lost all perspective. Now, I understand why Trump just ran roughshod over her father, said terrible things about him. And, you know, family is family. Same thing with the Bushes. Once Trump destroyed Jeb Bush in the primaries, he alienated every Bush. That's the way it goes. But what Liz Cheney did was she threw in with the enemy. Everybody knew the two impeachments were trumped up, pardon the pun. There was no validity for either of them. It was a foolish, corrupt political exercise. Liz Cheney bought in. I would not vote for her. And I don't think she has any future in Republican politics. Steve Bannon. So I'm not really covering this on a micro level. But the one interesting thing is that they're charging him with contempt of Congress. So we look back, my crack research staff, and the only person we can find at the same level as Bannon is G. Gordon Liddy. Remember him? One of the Watergate burglars who would never say anything, didn't cut a deal, went to jail, wouldn't say anything to anybody. That's it. 
So you had a bunch of people cited for contempt of Congress. Nothing ever happened to them. This is a political prosecution on Bannon. If it were if Trump were reelected and there was a, a Republican attorney general, this never happened in a million years. So once you get into political persecutions, prosecutions, now Bannon did violate the law. What he should have done was just go up to Congress and go, I'm taking my fifth. I'm not answering any questions and smirk like he always does. That's all. But he wanted it. Bannon wanted this. All right. Because this brings a lot of attention to Bannon and whatever agenda Bannon might have. So I like Steve. I've always gotten along well with him. Um, I would have handled a bit differently. He's not going to do any time or anything like that. I, don't, I doubt it. But it was interesting. Like they never, uh, you know, Holder, uh, the former attorney general, he was cited for contempt of Congress. Remember that? With the uh, Fast and Furious thing, because Holder knew about how botched that operation was and never testified in front of Congress about it. Nothing happened to him. They cited him and they let him go. All right, COVID. I hate COVID. <laughs> I got to tell you, I hate reporting it. I hate the v- disease itself. I hate everything about it. And I mean, I hate it. It's destroying the fabric of our society. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in the final thought. But it just doesn't go away. And, it, and this virus, it kind of is like a traveling circus show. It shows up and then it devastates and then it goes someplace else. So now we got four states in trouble. Michigan, cases up 68 percent. Minnesota, 67 percent. Vermont, 82 percent. In rural Vermont. In Connecticut, 76 percent. Now, Connecticut, close to New York, you know. So what this is all about is that unvaccinated people, and I'm not going to debate this with you, If you're an anti-vaxxer, you have a right to be an anti-vaxxer. But I I know and you know, if you're honest with yourself, that no matter what I present, you'll find a reason to object to it. I know that. You know that. But what the medical investigators have found out is that the unvaccinated are the hosts, H-O-S-T-S. Okay, not always, not exclusively. You can be vaxxed and carry, but maybe at a 10% level of the unvaxxed. Okay, so the hosts are the ones where this thing comes in and boom, it spreads. That's why when you have a very high 80 and up of vaxxed, you see a very low transmission rate. Romania. Okay, below, I think, 40 percent vaxxed, they're stacking bodies. Okay, now I'm a guy who reports the truth based on the facts. So in these states and every state in America is pretty much the same. About 25 percent of us not taking the vax. For whatever reason, not going to do it. All right. So therefore, in every state, there are going to be hosts. And then this Delta variant or whatever it is, zips in, takes hold, spreads, and then they die out. And that's what happens. 
So I wanted to explain it clearly. And I subscribe to the vaccine, as you know, but I don't subscribe to mandates. But I think the only way to obliterate this is by the vaccine. Amazon. Now, this is an interesting story. So Amazon runs big, big warehouses and they make billions of dollars doing it, as you know. So they have now uh, been sanctioned by the state of California for failing to tell the workers in the warehouses about the COVID rate where they're working. They have to pay a $500,000 fine, which to Amazon is lunch money. But I thought you'd like to know that. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Holidays. So, holidays are emotional period time, all right? Because families are different. Every family is unique. And there are all different types of interactions. That's the word I'm looking for within the celebration. So we have Thanksgiving next week. So 72%, according to a Wexner Medical Center poll, um, will only allow family members in for Thanksgiving. That's down from 79% last year. So no guests, no friends, no neighbors, none of that. Now, how you do that, I don't know. You got kids in college, they bring other kids in. I don't know. But that's the poll. So Americans are still very, very frightened of COVID, as we should be. You don't want to get it. Media. Now, I keep doing this, and I'm going to stop doing it soon because I made my point a um, hundred times. I don't want to be redundant and boring, but it's over. Okay, And they all know it's over because I know them all. So all the managers and uh, producers and the talent, they're just getting as much money as they can because they know it's over. There's not going to be any more growth. Although next year, in the midterms, cable news will go up a little because they'll Republican Americans or Americans who subscribe to the Republican Party will sense victory and they'll go to Fox to see that unfold. MSNBC and CNN, forget it. Um, the networks, 
will get nothing. Fox will get a little bump because Republicans want the Democrats to blow up, and that will happen. So Rasmussen, again, they're busy, these Rasmussen poll people. Uh, They have a new poll out. And the first question is, do you trust the political news you are getting? Only 33% trust it. 53% do not. On the Republican side, only 21% trust. 69% do not. But on the Democratic side, 48%, nearly half, trust the news they're getting. 32% do not. So, again, I go back to the Titanic people. But I have to be fair. Even if you are conservative and a Republican, chances are many of you, not all, want your belief system, as Bernie Goldberg often points out, to be reinforced. So I hope you watch me because I give you good information and I give you information that can protect you and your family. All right. I'm way ahead of it. And that alone will mean a lot for you in every aspect of your life. You're not going to be misled here. You will be misled by most of the others. But people's tendency is to go to the place that tells them what they want to hear. People believe what they want to believe. Back to the anti-vaxxers. They believe the vaccine is bad. You're not going to blow them out of there, no matter what you say. And they'll always have, because there's an industry now, an anti-vax industry. And all they do is put out stuff that makes the anti-vaxxers feel better. It's not a hard formula. All right. So the media in this um, country shot. That's a big industry. Hollywood shot too. When was the last time there was a movie that you wanted to see? I I can't even, I went to see that James Bond movie. It was bad. (laughs) I'm sorry, James Craig. It was bad. What what am I doing here for two hours and 45 minutes watching this? I don't want to see a politically correct James Bond. I want James Bond to be James Bond the way he was written by Ian Fleming. Okay, so Hollywood shot. You look at the nightly entertainment offerings. It's the mass singer. It's dancing with whoever. Very few. Blue Bloods, best program on. Good writing, excellent performing. I'll watch it. That's it. That's it. They're not producing anything. And the films are... Go right to Apple Plus or wherever this stuff is. I don't even know where it is. But there's nothing that I got to go, oh, gee, I'd like to see that. It doesn't exist. So Hollywood gone, media gone, and now we're here. Me and my shadow right here. This is it. So the final question is Rasmussen poll is, I love this. Are the news media more aggressive or less aggressive in questioning President Biden than they were in questioning Donald Trump? More aggressive, 17%. These people are on crack. These are crackheads. These are people living in a tents. All right, less aggressive, 58. About the same, 21. So 38% of the American people don't see any difference in the questioning of Biden and Trump. Oh, my God. All right, terrible story in New York City. Very briefly, thug named Isis Thompson 
38 years old, um, goes up to a cop in the Bronx, hits the guy with a metal safe, could have killed him. Same guy in 2008 stabbed a cop. So now he's got two assaults on cops. The first one, the stabbing, he served five years. This one, no bail. It's unbelievable. So the judge, Audrey Stone, could have bailed him, let him go. Even though he's got a prior and he could have killed this cop, she lets him out without any overnight stay. Now that is anarchy. And then you go, well, what, do we, what can we do? Can't do anything but impeach the judge. You could impeach the judge, but who's going to do that in New York State? Who? All of these people are as corrupt as this judge. It's unbelievable. Law and order this day in history, November 16th, 1939. Al Capone walks out of Alcatraz. So Al Capone, the most feared organized criminal in the 1930s in Chicago, even though he wasn't a national guy, he set up the template for the mob. And I write extensively about Capone in Killing the Mob. So I tell a really interesting story about when he was in Alcatraz, there was this thug who wanted to kill Capone and was goading him, trying to get him into a fight where he could shiv him. And Capone avoided it, but the guy hurt Capone. And Capone at that point was so diminished that he couldn't get back at the guy. So when he walked out of Alcatraz in 1939, 82 years ago today, the guy could barely stand up, Al Capone. He had syphilis. They whipped him down to Florida, and he died um, in 1947. So that would be eight years later at age 48. Karma, Al Capone. All right, Mel, and then a final thought on uh, protecting yourself. I think that's the best way to put it. Right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before, and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, let's go to the mail. David, concierge member, and we urge everyone to check out concierge membership on BillOReilly.com. It will help your life, and you'll get all kinds of benefits. Just check it out. I think it's the best deal you can possibly get if you respect me. David says, by your logic, Bill, would be better if law enforcement did not charge Black Lives Matter leader Hawk Newsom with a terror threat just because it would invite more violence from the BLM, or did I misunderstand? No, you understood perfectly. They could charge this guy, wouldn't get a conviction, okay? Never convict him, because you can't 
thought crimes are very, very high. And in the meantime, they would invite a lot of violence. So you wait. You wait, in my opinion, humble opinion. David, Bill, you're correct about the Titanic people. I have numerous conversations with the group. They hate Trump so ferociously. They'd rather lose everything personally and watch a country burn down than have him back as president. No doubt about it. Paul Alexander, Bluffton, South Carolina in the low country. Bill, what I've heard about our president is get vaxxed or lose your job. What I haven't heard is get vaxxed or no welfare, get vaxxed or no food stamps. Uh, you can't hear that because it'd be unconstitutional. Can't single out a certain group for special treatment. So if you work for the federal government, you have to get vaxxed. Now, the Biden mandate about private businesses, that will not go. Paul Butko, Sarasota, Florida. Bill Vice President Harris said she's working with President Biden on building the economy from the ground up, not from the top down, with equity at the core of everything. I do not think that's feasible. Of course, it's socialism. That's socialism. So you give people money from the bottom up in the hope that they responsibly use that money to invest and to build better lives. That's what that is. That'll never happen in a million years. Never going to happen. So it's a crazy theory that makes everybody suffer. And that's what we have. Jim Funk, Forest Hill, Maryland. Bill, I placed two of the Stand Up For Your Country yard signs in my front yard. I've been getting compliments all the time. Thanks and keep doing what you're doing. Happy Thanksgiving. Listen, Jim, the, we have great Stand Up For Your Country merchandise. Fun merchandise, okay? And the signs in the front yard, not political. Stand Up For Your Country, not political. Somebody objects to that, you tell them to go to Bulgaria or something. Jim Funk, um, I'm sorry, that was Jim Funk. Lori Boykin, Edgefield, South Carolina. Bill, I loved Killing Crazy Horse. I learned so much. As I read the book, I often wondered how different it might have been if all the tribes and their leaders had worked together. Yeah, it would have been a lot different. But that's not what Native American culture was. It was a bunch of separate Nations, if you want to call them nations, with no structure, kind of bopping around. But if they had all aligned together, history would be very different. So would this country. Lisa, concierge member, Mr. O, loved the message of the day. I laughed out loud. Realized how important it is to laugh even when um, we are going through insane times. So the message of the day yesterday, I hope you saw it, was people I need a day off from. I had a whole list. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. So uh, our Christmas store is doing the best business we've ever done. And that includes when I was on Fox News. It is because we have great gifts, moderately priced, that we can get to you quickly. Christmas ornaments, pop them up there. All right. This is, uh, you know, why would you not want a God Bless America Christmas ornament? I, I don't know. And then we have the bundle that you get uh, if you buy a membership gift certificate, give the gift certificate to somebody else. You get all that free stuff. All of it. I mean, how good is this? Spend more than 100 bucks on BillOReilly.com Christmas store. Holly, the terror dog. Ah, hand signed. 
Look at that dog. Look at her. Holly is a star. More than 3 million Twitter followers. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, the best Christmas gifts ever. Tickets to see the Trump O'Reilly History Tour in Florida and Texas in December. We hope you consider that. People coming from all over, you'll never forget it. I guarantee it. Word of the day, no Palter, P-A-L-T-E-R. I'm back with the final thought on uh, managing your risk. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, final thought of the day, managing risk, as I talked about earlier. Thanksgiving, Christmas, people coming in and out of your house. You can't be look, asking vax passports. Can't be doing that. All right? So there's an element of risk. And I think it's worth taking if you know the people and they're friends of yours. Um, I don't want to alienate anybody. If you don't want people visiting, that's fine. But for me, I'm not going to ask people for vaccination proof or anything like that. But I do manage my risk. And I do think ahead. So flu shot, I get it. Okay. Vax, I get it. Booster, I'm going to get it. Um, I told you about cutting out all the sugar. I did that too late. I should have done that five years, maybe 10 years earlier. Cutting out the sugar. And you can eat ice cream once in a while, cupcake, whatever. But just cutting it down and being sane will enhance your life and your health so much I can't even tell you. It affects every part of your body. Sugar is like tobacco. It just erodes your inflammation. Uh, It causes inflammation, erodes your natural defenses. So all of this is management risk. You got to assume that bad things are going to happen because they do to everybody. They happen financially. They happen emotionally. You got to assume you don't dwell on it. You're not gloomy. You're not depressed all the time. That's stupid. But you plan and you look, all right, and you manage and you make decisions based upon that. So if you want to go somewhere, but there's a slight risk that COVID might be there, you go. All right. If it makes more comfortable wearing a mask, wear the mask. But you don't deny yourself because you will live in fear. Fear is debilitating. Now, it's got a healthy amount of fear when it's danger present is good. But if you're just afraid all the time, bad things happening, you can't live. So manage your risk, right? And that's why I say to people in the COVID, look, even if you don't like the vax, I mean, the, the decision is, is this better for your life? If you say no, that is your right. Okay. Thank you for uh, watching No Spin News tonight. We will see you tomorrow.